Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by a brand new sponsor. Brand new? Brand new. Our brand new sponsor today is Beeline Hempwick. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Beeline Hempwick is a all-natural, completely organic hemp wick for you to light your cannabis with. So all natural. You know we love that. Uh-huh. Now, what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna break it down for you. What uh here look, first I'm gonna give you what Beeline Hemp Wick is used for. Alright. Uh some of the so, some of the high uh high praise from this product. So Beeline is a natural organic alternative to butane lighters and matches. Beeline combines two ancient renewable resources, hemp and beeswax, for an all-natural, higher-quality flame. Does it light itself? Beeline does not light itself. It requires an external flame, but you can let Beeline take the butane hit for you. You never want to inhale this butane or flint from your lighter. It's very deadly, according to these uh, hemp wick companies. So let the, the, the Beeline hemp wick take the hit for you. Save your life. Save a life every day. They are also the connoisseur's choice because it retains high quality flavor. Nice. You want to just taste your weed. Not anything else. Is it made by bees? Okay, now this is where things get tricky. I did some research into this product like I always do whenever we get new uh, sponsors on the show, and I found out that this hemp wick is indeed... um, uh, covered in wax, rolled, twisted, made into a rope, and wrapped into a package by bees. Nice. So it's a giant um, colony of bees that somebody got high one day to make uh, cannabis honey. And I don't know if you guys saw that video on Facebook of the cannabis honey bees that were making uh, weed honey and pollinating it with weed plants. Well, those bees right there were like, we're going to start a business. We're going to get out of this box. Life isn't just about being in this white box in this field. There's a whole city out there that we could go scare people around trash cans. And what they did is they made these hemp wicks. And you could buy your own at hempwickbeeline.com. So that's B-E-E line like a, like a bumblebee, like the bees that make them. So... It was a very startling discovery. We're going to be having a documentary coming out soon on YouTube all about it. But until then, go to hempwickbeeline.com, use the code NHP10, and save yourself 10%. Boom. Mm-hmm. So, you ready to get into this uh, this Saturday matinee we got going on? About 10% ready. 10%? Well, I'm about 110% because... This is one of my favorite films ever. I ran out of time. I was trying to say this is one of my favorite films ever. I heard it. The Natural Habitat Podcast. I just wanted to make sure that it got out there, you know what I mean? Because I wanted people to know. I heard everything, see it? That's great. Another day, another dollar, as they say, out in the world. When people, you know when you go to a gas station and you go, how you doing, man? And they go, another day, another dollar. You ever heard that? Nope. 
Well, never, never heard of it. Now you've heard it here on the Natural Habitat Podcast. My name is Mikey Buya. My name is Hempwick. And another day, another dollar. That's our catchphrase. We say it all day, every day, so it's going to be coming a lot. Uh, phrasing. Was that a bee? Yeah. Are there bees in, in here making hemp wicks? I guess so. I don't know, man, but I know that the guys that this is just turning into a beeline hemp wick commercial <laughs> again. But they sent us a lot of shit, and we're going to be doing giveaways soon. Yeah, lots of giveaways. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other night, I uh, I downloaded this program on my computer called Boop. And what it is is it lets you uh, lets you stream like online content and torrents and stuff like that. Yeah. And you don't actually download anything, so it's not actually illegal. But I downloaded this program, boop, and I got the extension for it called boop, and I added it all in with the repositories and everything, and then uh, was looking at these new movies that were on there, and I watched uh, this film Popstar with Andy Samberg. And uh, it was amazing, one of the funniest movies ever, made by The Lonely Island. And it got me thinking, we were talking about it a little bit before that, Andy Samberg got huge. He's, you know, like a, like a very well-known actor. And, uh, he like is in, he was on Saturday Night Live forever, but so was the rest of Lonely Island. And he has all these movie deals and TV deals. And then Akiva and Jorma, the other two dudes, Yorma, Jorma, Yorma. See, I fucking, I pronounced his name wrong. And they uh, they are not as well known as Andy Samberg, but he still stays true to his uh, to his old group that he like grew up in. Like they were just a comedy rap group back in the day before anybody was famous, and they're still making movies. That movie was a giant commercial for their new album, pretty much. The whole soundtrack was their songs. Yeah, that's dope, right? Yeah, and it's cool that uh, he still got love for his homies. You know what I mean? It shows. It was a it was a good flick. It was dope. And uh, there was a uh, there was another. Oh yeah, Batman versus Superman. I finally watched that, and that shit was uh, yeah, that shit was yeah, crazy. That's a good one. Yeah, it sucked me in. I didn't uh, mind Ben Affleck as Batman as much as I would. He he did an all right job at it, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, and and that's that was my point, you know, is the fact that I think a lot of people are overhyped of the fact of didn't think Affleck would be good enough or whatever, but people forget that, you know, he has a background in comic books and shit, and um, he actually wanted the part. So I think I think strategically, like, look, I think he could have had it when Christian Bale got it, but he chose to wait it out. Because he knew that Justice League was coming. He knew like all these things were coming eventually, you know? So I think he strategically planned his time to be now. And he's fucking smart for it because uh, that Justice League movie looks legit as fuck. It's yeah. like the answer to Avengers or whatever. And I think they're smart. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it was good timing because if he would have taken it then, then he would have burned out his Batman like, yeah, like Christian went, Bale did. And Christian Bale's missing out on all this, all these movies. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, yeah. yeah, so anyway, like I said, I went to the movie theater and I bought tickets and I saw those two movies recently. So uh, it was fun. And um, enough about new movies, because we are here to discuss movies of old, classic films. This one is what, 1990? Is that when it came out? Yeah. 
1990. It actually, uh, the release date was just a few days ago on July 27th. Nice. And uh, that film, for those of you who can't read, is Problem Child. There could be some dyslexic people out there don't know what's going on. Problem Child is the film with uh, the late, great John Ritter. He's dead, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, not cool, but good because I said it like he was. Not cool like I'm glad I don't he's know. dead. I, I don't know. I don't like to be put on the spot with <laughs> live or dead questions what? because so I, he, he might I'm kind of out of the loop, you know what I mean? Like I don't really pay attention to that shit, so I can't tell you. I'm like 98% sure that he's dead. I typed in John Ritt and it fucking... Uh, yep, death. 2003. He's been dead for a long time. That's crazy. When was fucking Bad Santa? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it doesn't seem like Bad Santa was that long ago. Let's see. Bad Santa was. Dun, dun, dun. 2003. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's some crazy shit. Time flies, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh... Let's see, we had John Ritter was in this film, and then we also had uh, the kid that played Junior, um, whatever his name was. It was almost Macaulay Culkin that took the role. And he, like, auditioned for it, I guess. And then uh, they ended up going with this kid, Michael Oliver, whose only roles were Problem Child and Problem Child 2, and that was it. But he's stoked on it, apparently. In some interview, he said that it was like, uh, it was, I can't find it, I forget what it was, but he said that uh, it was something like he didn't want the, I'm, okay, look, I'm just gonna guess what he said, okay? Uh, He didn't like, <laughs> well, I know that I found it somewhere and I can't find it again, but he he enjoyed uh, having the time in the spotlight, making a little money, but he's glad that he didn't grow up as a child star. That's Why, what I'm going to guess. seeing what happened to like, the alternative, like Macaulay Culkin and yeah, other, let's see. other ones. Oh, here we go. Michael Oliver's only major roles. He's, <laughs> okay. Uh, after being thrust into the child spotlight as thrust into the child, that Damn. got dark. After being thrust into the spotlight as a child, I appreciate some peace and quiet. I am grateful and always will be for the experiences. I'm quite happy with my life the way it is. I have a decent job. I work hard. I have a beautiful girlfriend, uh, three cats and a hamster. So he's living like a normal life and he's grateful for it, which seems like a thing that poor people say. Just to like sound humble. Well, no, not necessarily. I'm just, I'm, I'm joking around. It's like, of course, it sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, like, not everybody's cut out for it. Yeah. You know, like, let's say, let's say uh, he got a taste of the business end of things at an early age and he's like, you know, fuck that. That's a lot of bullshit <laughs> to put up with. Right. You know what I mean? Like, all the days on set, all the things they got to do. You know, it's not as fun as they make it look at all. Yeah. And it's like, you got to figure for the first two Problem Child movies, he probably gets pretty good residuals. Yeah, it's been around. 
Yeah, because like it'll, I'm I'm pretty sure that it was on Netflix at some point. It isn't anymore, but it used to be. And isn't it on Hulu or no? I don't think so. But um, those both of those, they like constantly recycle shit. So yeah, so I'm sure that uh, he gets a little check every once in a while, every six months, gets a few grand. It's not bad. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, another uh, another standout is Gilbert Godfrey. He was yeah. He was like one of one of the most known comedians in the time in the late 80s early 90s into the 2000s definitely a staple in my childhood. You know what's funny about him is um I think Adam Sandler ripped a lot of him off. Yeah. You know like Adam Sandler's wine and like some of the faces that he makes and like I don't know like I see a lot of uh, of Adam Sandler in in him for sure. Yeah, now that you say it, I can see it too. If like when you when we watch a clip or whatever, you'll see what I mean. Like Gilbert Gottfried, it, it, you see a lot of fucking Adam Sandler coming out of that dude for sure. And Adam Sandler was like the next generation after that. Yeah. Fucking, he's just a joke thief. They're all joke thieves. That's yeah, what well, I found out. Everybody takes from somewhere. Nobody's completely original, you know. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I was watching the Action Bronson Ancient Aliens thing, and Alchemist was calling him out because he, uh, in the show Ancient Aliens, they say ancient astronaut theorists. It's like the thing that they call people that believe in aliens instead of people no that believe in that's aliens. what they call people who believe in the ancient astronaut theory yeah the ancient astronaut theory exactly yeah not just aliens like just that theory yeah and uh he fucking he put it like in a song i guess action bronson put it in a song like in a hook and alchemist was like hey that's from your song right and he was like yeah this is probably where i got it from and he was like you took this from here like what the fuck man like you stealing <laughs> and he was like calling him out for real and he's like dude i'm not stealing like it was just like i heard it so i put it in a song like there's probably a hundred things from ancient aliens that are in songs so you know with all this uh what was my point joke stealing yeah probably. with all this content out here you know what i mean things get recycled all the time yeah and you know uh adam sandler at least made it his own to where he didn't squint his eyes constantly. Yeah, well, <laughs> that I don't know. I just something. seen a little bit of him in that. Yeah, I do too now. But uh, you know what? Uh, you know what I see in this show coming up here in about thirty seconds is a commercial break from oh, one of shit. our sponsors. I know it feels gross having to cut to commercials. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's you weird. know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, Paying bills. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I probably shouldn't ask people to donate right before I play a commercial, but if you want less <laughs> of these, you can donate at naturalhabitatpodcast.com all the way at the bottom. Get your skis shined up, grab a stick of juicy fruit. The taste is gonna move ya. Take a sniff, pull it out. The taste is gonna move ya when you pop it in your mouth. Juicy fruit is gonna move ya. It chews the salt, it gets right to ya. Juicy fruit, the taste, the taste, the taste is gonna move ya. All right, and we're back. Uh, nice. Today we're talking Problem Child on Saturday matinee. 
uh, one of John Ritter's most famous roles, besides Three's Company. And uh, I'm here with Joey Black. I mean, uh, wait, what was your name in the beginning of this? Hempwick. Oh, yeah, I'm here with Hempwick. And um, how 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 you feeling, man? I'm I'm feeling toasty. Yeah, I'm I'm very blunted today. I don't know what happened, but I took like a lot of dabs before we started because I was like, let me take a dab before we do this. Let, okay, let me take a dab before we do this real quick though. And then I like got up and went and got something to drink, and then I was like, okay, real quick though, let me take a dab before we do this. Yeah. And that happened like six times. Yeah, and just kept taking a dab, but mm-hmm. it's all good, man. That's what that's what it's all about. That's right. That's what it is that, all about. That and problem child. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great segue. Always bringing it back on track. Always. I don't know how you do that. So, uh, let's see. I found out that this movie was inspired by a newspaper article. Shut up. Swear to God. And what it was is somebody wrote an article in uh, the L.A. Times in 1988. And it was entitled, An Adopted Boy and Terror Begins. Nice. And this woman claimed that she had adopted uh, a boy from an orphanage and that he was so disturbed that animals instinctively feared him. That's a quote from that woman's article. So Scary kid, huh? Like, uh, like the little omen child or something. Yeah, to where animals were just like, uh-uh, and they would tuck their tail and leave all, all frightened. And... You know, some people have that effect on animals that aren't exactly evil. You know what I mean? Or a lot of animals just don't like kids. Yeah, that's true, too. You never know. You know, maybe people should look at their animals and see if their animals are possessed. Yeah. But either way, uh, somebody read this article. The uh, the writers of the film, Scar- Scart-, <laughs> Scart Alexander and Laurie... And Larry and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joe? Yeah, I am. Uh so Scott and Larry read this article and they were like, dude, we should make a fucking movie about this kid. And they did it. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm glad that I fucking that I started all that with about how many dabs I took. It was like an excuse. I'm sorry if I can't get through this next part, guys. I took a lot of dabs. So, uh, what about you? You got anything you know about this film or what? Uh, the test screenings were a disaster. I heard 70% about that. 70% of the audience walked out during the film. Damn. 30% were verbally angry. <laughs> <laughs> the so, film scored a 30. And it says you were in trouble if you were in the 60s. So, um... 30 is pretty low. <laughs> Damn. So 60 is bad. 30 is real bad. And <laughs> I mean, like, hey, but that's good, right? Because controversy sells and like you offend some people. That's going to cause even more people to go see it because they want to see what's the fuss about. Yeah, but I heard that uh, it actually also forced like a rewrite and a reshoot, right? I don't know. I want to say that I read somewhere that... uh after it got this horrible review from the test screening that they did like a few weeks of reshoots and did an alternate ending for the movie too. About 11 times. 11 times? Yeah, that's what it said. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) They did 11 alternate endings? I guess. 
See, so what they did is they overthought it. They thought about it too much. Like I was watching, uh, I was watching this thing about South Park and like the making of an episode. It's like a documentary that they did about making one episode in a week, how they do it in like six days. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about how like if they make something beforehand, they like tried making stuff beforehand, like a couple months before, but then they'll make it and then watch it and then show it to people and then they'll get too like critical of themselves and they'll change too much shit. And then it'll turn into a whole new thing by the time it comes out. So that's why they give themselves six days so they don't have time to like for writer's block or to rethink anything. They're just like, this is what it is. This is funny. This is how it goes. And they work off of current events also. So like, yeah, so they could be like the most up to date. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it seems like they didn't follow South Park's advice and they got into a rewriting phase, but it still turned out dope. You know what I mean? I wonder what that initial movie was like. There's really no could way. Could you know. relate to it? Uh, I could, yeah. Me too. I mean, like, I wasn't adopted, but I could relate to being a problem job. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone, everyone is, uh, what it is is it makes you feel better about the shit that you do because he was, like, so crazy. Yeah. Like, he set his room on fire at one point because he didn't like clowns. Yeah. That's like yeah. that's like a room inside of a house, dude, where, like, all of our valuables are and, like, everything is here. You can't just set it on fire, you fucking crazy bastard. You know what I mean? He had no fear of consequences, and, like, that's what every kid probably admired in a way. Yeah. Because, you know, not every kid was sociopathing and just do the shit. And not care. Most kids would be afraid of like whatever punishment ensues afterwards. Yeah. And so, so being that problem child and not being able to care and being able to do all that stuff was probably like definitely admirable to like kids everywhere because they were like, yeah, this is dope. Crossed your mind before, you know, some of the things that he's done or whatever. Hell yeah. And, uh, Apparently, it was a response to all of the, like, feel-good movies at the time, like right. Baby Boom and Uncle Buck and shit like that, to where it was, uh, the movie was always some adult that, like, hated life, and then some child that would change the way that they see the world. That was, like, the theme of movies at the time. And they wanted to do, like, an opposite that. Yeah, and, smart. And have the kids just be horrible. And uh, I also read that there was protest over the original movie poster because there was a scene that got taken out of the movie, probably uh, from the initial screening. And it was um, it was the kid or the poster showed a pancake cat being loaded into a dryer. So it was a flattened, smushed cat being put in a dryer. And a bunch of people protested. And they, uh, mostly adoption services protested because they thought that people would see the movie and think that adopting children was a risk and that they would be crazy and smash your cat and put them in a dryer. That's funny. So they had to change that shit. And it's cool that... uh, I don't even see what all the big fuss was about. Yeah. You know, I think it was... um. 
just the time, you know, 1990, it was before, you know, everything was, it was before we could basically have as much freedom of speech as we do now, you know, like this was like before NWA and everything even, you know, so it's like a weird time where you really only could say certain things or like do certain things. So I guess that explains it, but still. Yeah, it really was, uh, it was before it's time. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're all conditioned with all this crazy shit that we see on TV and Netflix and all these streaming services and YouTube and fucking live leak. So it's really no big deal to see a flattened cat put in a dryer. You're like, haha, that's funny. The kid squashed the cat. And then also, like, back in the day, it wasn't, like, at least to me, it didn't have the feel of somebody just squashed somebody's pet cat and put it in the dryer. It was, like, almost like a comic book. Like, like, like the cat... Fake, yeah. yeah, the cat wasn't real. Like, it was a stuffed cat, and, you know, no cat got hurt. Like, I didn't associate it with a real cat in my head. I, yeah, so, like, so, like... Corny as grown-ups with no imagination were trying to over-imagine how kids would imagine it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Is that irony or what? Yeah, we got high and we got stuck in an over-imagining. Yeah, well, yeah, no, and it's like kids didn't even give a fuck. We didn't even look at that cat like it was real ever. Yeah, and it didn't make me think about squashing a cat or what if my cat no. got squashed. It wasn't anything like that. I never even gave a thought about the fucking cat. Yeah. Who cares about that stupid cat? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was it was funny. Like it was always funny. Yeah, it, it's like what the fuck do you mean? Why is that even a problem? It did in and, a lot of movies. Yeah, and that's like that's where they got it fucked up, you know? Like trying to assume like who's gonna think what or like who's gonna fucking be offended by what. And See, that's but that basically ha that makes you put kid gloves on for everybody, you know? And it, and it turns into, like, the PC culture that we ended up having today. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but 10 or ten or 15 years later, it was totally fine to show flat cats in Grandma's Boy. You remember when he lifted up the couch? And yeah. there was, like, three cats under there? Yeah, those are probably real. Yeah. And, yeah, and they were fucking flattened <laughs> as fuck. So no big deal, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh... We uh we got a couple clips from this movie, right? I think so. Let's see here. Uh, we never know what we got anymore. We just get stuff handed down. Yeah, they just load stuff up for us on Windows, and they're like, "Play the clips, play the bills, play the bills, play the clips." Uh, let's see. This is I want to say one of the early introductions of Junior. Big man to admit his mistakes, and there 
is a big man. It is in the opinion of myself and my agency of which I represent that Junior will not be removed from this orphanage. Removed? What do you mean removed? Oh, don't worry about it, Junior. You see, the nuns just made a suggestion you might be happier outside of the orphanage. <laughs> What's so funny? You are, you stupid dick. You see, he's wicked. You're not saying you'd rather not be in the orphanage, are you? Doy, think much, P-Brain? I want out! You see, Mr. Peabody, the child is incorrigible. I'm what? Why you speak English, lady? Uh, look, maybe uh, what maybe the, child the child is trying child to say is, is that... that... Maybe if I shrug my shoulders and move around my hands like this, maybe people will think I know what I'm talking about. Look, it's obvious that the kid's unbalanced. I mean, I knew that from the start. I was playing devil's advocate. <laughs> Devil, you know. Uh, anyway, on behalf of myself and the agency, this child is going to be removed from this orphanage as soon as possible. Well, hurry the hell up. I'm not getting any younger. Damn. I'd be like, you little fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was a little bastard for sure. Yeah, but that's what's up, though. And you see how innocent he sounded in the beginning? Yeah, while he was laying it on him. Yeah, little motherfucker. Trying to school him, trying to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And it worked. He got to where he was going. Yeah. Man, we got to do a commentary on this movie. I know. We should have. One day. One day it'll come. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe part two or something. Maybe. Uh, So I found out that Gilbert Godfrey... Um, was nominated for a Golden Raspberry at the Razzie Awards for uh, Worst Supporting Actor in this movie, along with a couple others. And he lost the Razzie to Donald Trump. <gasps> yeah. Our president? Uh-huh. Our president, depending on when you listen to this and what reality you're in. Uh, Our president. So he lost... Uh, his Razzie nomination to Donald Trump because Donald Trump played himself in Ghosts Can't Do It. So people hated Donald Trump as himself more than they hated Gilbert Gottfried as a character. Cool. Sounds about normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird that... uh. It's it's weird to see this in here and not have any mention of the current 2016 if Donald Trump's name was in there. It'd be totally different. Yeah, it's only 16. Wait, 26 years later? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this movie fucking, when they were making it, a lot of people thought that it was going to bomb. Gilbert Gottfried said that when he left, after all of his scenes were done, him and John Ritter had some sort of weird exchange where it was like, okay, good luck, buddy. See you on the next one. And they thought it was going to be shit. And it ended up blowing up and became a cult classic. We're still talking about it now. What, 26 years later? Yeah. How many did we decide known? it was? Who would have known that some little prick was going to make it all the way... Into the future. <laughs> but, you know, I, think about it. What else was popping at that time? Um, like Chucky and shit. What else? Um, 
the whatever whatever was around then it was all like it's, evil it's kids still around too you know what i mean it's crazy there's a lot of evil kid shit was popping off yeah we would have never known all these things would have been as crazy popular as they were because like when we were young and we were watching these things we didn't even realize that they held popularity in the first place you know like we we didn't have anything to compare them to we didn't have the internet or like we didn't have like a network of friends in other cities or places around the world that were like watching the same things that we were we just assumed that fucking you know people watched it or people didn't we never really cared about any of those things at all now it's like a fucking now it's like a numbers thing or whatever but when we were kids it was like you know we just watched shit and we had no idea like the impact that it, it had on everybody else we just knew what impact it, it had on us and like how much we liked it or disliked it and like whether it became one of our personal favorites or not and that's like where we built the nostalgia from it wasn't ever a thing to be compared to i guess yeah that's a trip right mm -hmm. everybody has like it's weird that everybody has their own like nostalgic box to pull into yeah. and there's like crossovers and then there's things that just like certain people had and certain people remember yeah no no two people really grew up the same yeah. nobody nobody had all the same likes and dislikes nobody had all the same like nobody ever witnessed or like experienced the same experience you know so it's like everybody has their own take or their own spin on it that's pretty cool because now we get to we get to share ours and now people out there can relate to ours and like tell us about theirs and oh no it's pretty neat yep definitely what's next what do we got what's next uh we have um this this movie came out during the first season of seinfeld and michael richards who uh disappeared for some unknown reason he uh he played the bow tie killer in Problem Child that was that was like riding him and shit and ended up fucking trying to kidnap him or something. And uh I haven't seen it in a while. I don't remember. <laughs> I do. But uh yeah, he was the bow tie killer, which uh was the BTK killer. Which was Yeah, uh, and then the kid was like writing him or something and wanted to take off with them or whatever and Yeah. And that's like, that's a brutal reference. How they took like, like the BTK killer, which stands for blind torture kill. And it's, uh, Dennis fucking Dennis Raider. It's bind. Bind. Did I say blind? Yeah. No, I said bind. <laughs> Here, I'm going to edit that out. Bind, torture, and kill. <laughs> then, uh, fucking, what was I saying? Oh yeah, they took they took that and then they put like a childish like Pee Wee Herman style spin on it, to where yeah. he was the bow tie killer and just yeah. wore a bow tie. Yeah, and it's crazy that well, it's not crazy, but I mean, like it's funny that they related them together. You know, like the the kid being a sociopath and like relating to the serial killer, <laughs> and, you know, like wanting to like meet up with him and yeah, they definitely. They definitely were a match. That kid was fucking weird. Yeah. He's such a piece of shit. We got to watch the movie now. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to watch the movie. We're going to start it right now. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not going to do that. We don't have it queued up. Nope, but what we do have queued up 
is, is another commercial break. That's right. From one of our sponsors. So um, we're going to get into that, pay them bills. We'll be right back. Who puts the future in your hands? Your own creation to command. The amazing world of robotics. From the smallest vehicle to the biggest robot, if you can imagine. Imagine it, you can create it. Parts, motors, motion, you control it all. Who lets you use imagination to make any configuration? Who puts the future in your hands? Introducing the expansion set and three new starter sets from Milton Bradley. Welcome back to the Natural Habitat Podcast, everybody. Um, so, Robotics. Problem child. Robotics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... That robotics commercial looked dope. I don't know if I don't know if you saw it, but uh, it was pretty much like BattleBots. Do you remember that show, BattleBots? Yeah. And you yeah, just, that was a good show. Yeah, you just make your own BattleBot at home. It's like a little remote control, fucking piece it together. With I'm trying to figure out what those things are called. It was like a rector set. That's what it was yeah. called. Yeah, erector set. Yeah. It's like an erector set, but there's like motors and fucking shit in it, and you hook it all together, and then you got a little remote control. Robotics. And you could robotic around. So go get one of those if you happen to be in the 1980s. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some places that still have it. I yeah. guarantee it. You can get one at like a Goodwill or eBay or something like that. Probably eBay. Yeah, probably eBay. Maybe I guarantee there's a Goodwill somewhere in the world that has a robotic set missing pieces. Robotics. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got one in their fucking attic or somewhere. Yeah. If you got a robotic set, please mail it in to us. Donate at, it to the Natural Habitat Podcast. Yeah. Mail it to 420 Boogie Woogie Avenue. <laughs> cool address, in bro. Cal- in California, California. All right. California City. Boogie Woogie. <laughs> Yep. Um, so, I I didn't really know about this, but this film had two sequels. So there was a second and third installment, which I thought there were just two of them. The second one is real. The third isn't. Second one's real. The third is a bootleg. Well, it's it's like a sequel with different people. <laughs> yeah, it's they they changed it up. Yeah, they did that a lot back in the day. Because it. Turn into a kids franchise, you know, like instead of um, like the first Problem Child wasn't even supposed to be a kids movie or anything. It was supposed to be like a dark comedy. Yeah. So it wasn't supposed to be in those categories. But since it had a kid in it, it just ended up being that way anyways. Gravitated towards being a kids movie. It just got overlooked over time. Yeah. And just became a kids movie. And then like. Played into the with the sequel, and then the third one was obviously just like a kids movie, right? And then, uh, and then it turned into an animated series. Yeah, so which is, you know, you gotta do something. Yeah. Shit, milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, they did like uh like twenty six episodes of it, so it didn't last too long. They didn't get into syndication. If you make a hundred episodes and air them on TV, you're in syndication, and anybody can just purchase you like you buy syndication deals as a network and then they give you like a lot of shows that you can play on your network and that's why like old family guys will play on like tbs and adult swim and something else because they're like in syndication now 
So we got two hundred fifty thousand episodes. Yeah, we're a syndicated podcast. So feel free, feel free to share. <laughs> feel free to just, uh, you know, cut like download a whole episode of our podcast and release it as your podcast if you have a podcast that has millions of listeners. Yeah. And you don't want to do an episode one week? We got you. Podcast. Yeah. Just pick one of your favorite episodes and download and upload. Yeah. I don't I don't need to explain to you how to do it. You're podcast savvy. We're still looking for somebody to join the YouTube team. Yeah. If, if anybody's interested. If you to think that you to have what it takes. Tube. <laughs> then hit us up and uh, yeah. it's really easy so we need someone to help with the YouTube yeah, and we need uh, someone to run our YouTube basically yeah let's so, see join the team apply now and that's right do your duty and that's right I can't oh, say okay. it right it sounds like he <laughs> sounds like Hebrew when I say it do you know any um what are the guys that, the auctioneers do you know any of those do I know auctioneers? I yeah. know all kinds of auctioneers. They're like, I hang out at the auction barn all the time, and oh, yeah, they're all my best friends. All you got to do is bring a beer, and and uh, then you could talk with them. Go slow down. Go sit down and talk with them with the, some beers and ask them to say, only at naturalhubtipplegas.com really fast. All right. And try to get like the fastest one we could get. This is what like, I'm going to do. I'm gonna just, I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to say it as, as normal as I can, and then I'm just going to speed it up. And then I'll edit this out, and then we're going to throw it in. <laughs> All right, okay, you right. ready? Problem so, uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. Go and watch Problem Child. Find it in your mom's DVD collection. And um, hit us up at naturalhabitatpodcast.com. Naturalhabitatpodcast.com. All right, now give them a peace, bitches. Peace, bitches. Natural Habitat Recordings.